Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast. I'm your host, Misty Little. This is Season 2, Episode 12, and it is finally the book club episode in which we discuss The Secret Garden. I brought my cousin Elizabeth on, who was on Episode 1-7, if you want to poke over and listen to that. And we're both big book readers, so um, we've always liked to talk about books, and we have chatted about Outlander on her podcast, Picture Shows and Petticoats, in the past. Um, so talking about the secret garden was kind of a fun, exciting, different thing for us to do. Um, and we talked about a little bit about the history of the book, the author, um, and the culture of the time period that it was written as well as the book in relation to gardening and, um, as well as the movie adaptations, which is kind of what a lot of people get introduced to before they read the book, especially I believe children, um, and then we took a little deep dive into Anna Green Gables territory at the end. So stay with us. <laughs> um, as always, you can find me on thegardenpathpodcast.com, Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast, and a little slow on YouTube these days. Um, the time change kind of threw me for a loop and I'm not doing so much, uh, YouTube right now. So, but I am there. You can find me at the Garden Path Podcast. I have a new video. Um, we got new beehive, uh, to replace the one that died after last spring's floods and awful, awful rainy season. So you can pop over there and check that out. And also, um, if you have any thoughts about the, about the secret garden, um, feel free to leave them on the, a comment on the blog or on my Instagram. I'm always interested to hear what other people think about gardening books and garden, uh, topics too. So, uh, feel free to leave a message there. So, Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I've got two more guests for the season, and then I'm going to wrap up with a concluding episode probably in early June. So stay tuned for that. Hello. How are you today? Doing great. How are you? Great. Um, It's pretty nice today. Uh, At least here it's a little chilly, but it's been warming up, so... Yeah, it's like a really super sunny day, not very many clouds in the sky here, and we had a deceptively sunny day two days ago. The wind was really high, though, super cold out. I mean, not cold. It was like 50, (laughs) but it's been up in the 70s and 80s, so I'm like acclimated to that now. Right. Well, with the wind, that wind chill always bites. Oh, yeah. So... (laughs) Uh, so I guess we, we haven't talked about books in a long time. I feel like we right? had Out- yeah. Outlander back in July and then we're like, we got busy. Man, so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're obviously my, my book person, so I can count on you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very special. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even sure where to start, but I guess we could talk a little bit. I did a little bit of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so some background on the author um, of The Secret Garden, Frances Hodgson Burnett. Some things I guess I didn't really know is that she was, you know, obviously a British citizen as she was a kid, but she mm-hmm. came to America in her like, I don't know, teens. Her family immigrated to Tennessee. So yeah. that's a, I thought that was kind yeah, of, it's like super fascinating. I was reading up on her a while back and I think I follow like one of her granddaughters or something on Instagram. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, do too. <laughs> I thought that, and then, well, she actually, when I tagged the photo for this book club, she found me and oh, I was okay. like, oh, there's a granddaughter? Wait, what? 
Yeah. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's kind of, I don't know why I just found it shocking because I'm, I guess until I had read up on her, I had never even considered the fact that she hadn't spent all of her life over there. And right. Yeah. Well, and I think the granddaughter lives in Texas from what I remember. No way. Right. I know. I was very like, oh my goodness. (laughs) So um, I may have to stalk and get her on the podcast. We'll see. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, so she married, she moved to Tennessee and then she married a doctor and they kind of lived a very, I don't know, socialite kind of life. They lived in Paris, they moved to DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, you know, started writing and getting published and, um, I don't know, seemed to kind of make her own way in the world. She had two sons and, um, I don't know, she seemed to just kind of have, she probably had money from, you know, the doctor, but yeah. money from her own books and. And then she got divorced and remarried and divorced again. And then after that, she just lived in, uh looks like Long Island until she died in 1924. So she seemed well to do wow. for a writer, I guess, you know? Well, and, a divorce and a remarriage and all that back right. then. Kind of. Well, yeah, it was like, and well, according to Wikipedia, like they kind of seemed to have been separated for a while, the first marriage, and then uh-huh. they kind of orchestrated the divorce. I don't know. So, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that is definitely weird for the turn of the century. So Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that. But I guess my first thing about the book would be like, when when was the first time you read The Secret um, Garden? It would have been right after the movie came out in 1993. And I picked up the book at the book fair in third grade. So I was about okay. eight. Oh, Wow. And you, you actually read it, like in a, not in a abridged version or anything? No, I read it. Um, I, I, it was a little big for me. I yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty dry reading for a children's book or right. whatever. I'm not sure exactly what age it's aimed at, but yeah. Well, I, I do have a hard time calling this a children's book. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely more young adult. I mean, yeah. teens, even... I mean, it's the same with like the Anne of Green Gables books. Like you read it once when you're a teenager, but then you don't really understand the depth of it till you're older. <laughs> so I think there were similar things in this one too. And um, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I think I read it when 92, 93, my, the book I have, I did this battle of the books thing. I was kind of nerdy in middle school. <laughs> we had to read a bunch of books and then you had like a like answer questions and you're on teams and you competed against schools. And anyway, the book, I think I must've gotten from that. And so I had writ scrawled something in there and, um, but yeah, like you, the 93 movie kind of like set in stone, you know, the garden yeah. in my head. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And I was, I, okay. So I just finished watching it. Um, I thought I would refresh myself. Now I'm probably all messed up with book and movie, <laughs> right. but, um, I did. It was, it was nice to look at that and see the differences that the, that had happened in that. But um, I mean, honestly, that book, I have that to blame for a lot of my, like the, the kind of tropes that I ended up writing about whenever I was a kid, like <laughs> right. big houses, like with a hundred rooms and you can't go into any of them. And it was, it's just so Gothic and kind of, I don't know, like it really, my I, my imagination ran wild with that. Well, yeah, I mean, like they're coming across the moors at night, and they get the mm-hmm. carriage, and it's very—I don't know. It reminded me actually a lot of like 
outlander in scotland and that kind of thing <laughs> oh yeah well see like in watching the movie i had to go look up the filming locations because i was like it looks like scotland but it's actually right. they were like legit in the uh like in yorkshire like okay. they're on the moors out there it's exactly where they make it out to be so well that's good i'm glad they yeah. kind of stuck with the the you know theme so yeah no i am talking about the 1993 version so yeah. well yeah and i you have you re- watched the 87 one i have that one's different um it is and i i've only think i've watched it once and i have like vague memories of it i remember the ending and being like what yeah but um and this has been like at least 20 years since i've seen this um but then the fact that when i looked it up colin firth was colin Colin. i was like oh now i'm going to really go find this movie well, and it's like 1987, Colin right. Firth. So I it's know. pre um, Prime Prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. I'm crazy. Well, and you're talking about filming locations. That was filmed at High Clear, which is Downton Abbey. I didn't know that. Right. I didn't either. And I that's another Wikipedia thing. So I, I was I was like going crazy this morning on IMDb, like looking up all the connections. These, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So. <laughs> Now I want to chase that down. I haven't watched any of the older, older movies. I know there was a couple. Um, and then I think there's been some adaptations or things since then, but those are the two I'm familiar with. I, yeah. I heard that there's a, like a seventies or eighties BBC adaptation. That's supposed to be like the best one, but okay. maybe it's just people who are, you know, some people are purists about it. Right. So. Right. No, I had a, I had a poster of the 93 one in my room and I really mm-hmm. liked the, it was just so beautiful, you know? Yeah. So, so if we transition from the movies to the book, yes. I guess, how was it as a reread for you? Um, no, like, okay. So I, I remember not being so into the little girl, like not her, like her personality. Right. And, but going through as an adult rereading it, I understood and was so struck by the fact that nobody loved her and a big part of her personality that I didn't like was the fact that she was just she was kind of unlikable and right. and just kind of hard and cold but I hadn't realized as a kid that nobody had ever loved her no one had ever paid any attention to her and like in the beginning you, she's totally abandoned mm-hmm. like other than I mean like setting aside the fact that her parents never paid any attention to her, never had any time for her or anything. Whenever that epidemic breaks out, like she's just forgotten. Like it's such a sad picture. A living child just left there in a house full of dead people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So going through it, it was just, I didn't realize like how dark and like the sort of, it really seems to be kind of a a book about a child rearing almost like, like how to bring up a child. And um, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's reading too much into it, but it's, uh, well, there's a lot going on. I think it's parallels between her and Colin, obviously, because he's mm-hmm. almost abandoned too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even though he has all these servants waiting on him, they don't necessarily love him because he's difficult and, mm-hmm you know, his father doesn't see him. And, um, there's definitely a lot of parallels there. Um, yeah. Don't raise your children like this. Right. Well, and I think like the whole, I mean, the overarching theme is about tending to something and how something that that's like 
been neglected, like can become something beautiful and, um, you know, life can come back again. And, you know, it's like the whole thing, like with relationships in it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't like Mary at first either, but like you said, you can see why she was the way she was. Yeah. And, um, I guess, how do you feel about, I guess, the how she's just kind of also left to her own devices when she gets to Yorkshire and Misselthwaite Manor? And yeah, so like I was running a like a lot of those things through my head about about what exactly like what what's the message that the author is trying to send with with that? And you know, she's just there with that freedom and. I think it's, you know, less out of any kind of design. It's just that these people, they don't have time and you don't understand at first why they don't have time for her there, but it is because they're completely like in charge of, of managing Colin. Right. Who is a terror. Right. Like screaming and everything, man. It just seriously, just in the movie, I was like, they just need to strangle him in his sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Because he wouldn't stop screaming. My dog was so upset by it. She ran away. Um, But like, they give her that freedom, which is something that I guess she never really had. Like, even though no one was really caring for her in India, it was like, she finally had a chance to do something that she wanted to do and like have ownership of something. Mm -hmm. And that whole bit where she, you know, she asks for a bit of earth. Um, like as a kid, that, that was something that, that, struck a chord with me. And I remember after that, like asking mom, cause it had never occurred to me that I could go like dig in the ground. And like, so this is really for me was seriously, other than like watching my mom garden, this was something that made me want to grow things. Like, wait, like I can dig in the ground. Right. I can do that. <laughs> well, I guess my also, I was thinking about this too, because I thought how I was comparing it to children these days and even like when Mm -hmm. I was growing up, like if they watched this movie, how many kids were actually going to go dig in the dirt? And Mm -hmm. I mean, 20 years, 25 years ago, kids playing outside versus today, kids playing outside are vastly different. Yeah. And, and then I also was wondering like, how accurate is this? Would the kids be running around outside in the garden? I mean, other, maybe definitely not for that class system, probably. No, probably not. At least not. No, not in that way. I think it has everything to do with the fact that nobody's like, nobody has any time for her. Like she just has to do her own thing. And, um, I don't know. I was still surprised that he didn't get a governess for her. I mean, I just really figured that it would have happened. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what, what, oh, oh, because in the book, what is, oh, she's not healthy enough. They think she's right. not healthy enough, which isn't really something they get into in the movie, which right. I was confused about, but um, yeah, she's not healthy enough to study. So I guess they think that the fresh air, which is an interesting contrast because they let her run around outside and Colin, his entire situation is cooked up by them. It's because they make him like, he stays in this bed. He believes that he's going to die. Right. And so he stays well, in the- and if he stays in the bed, his muscles have atrophied and yeah. actually you're not going to be able to do anything. Right. But, you know, maybe they don't realize that. They're probably leeching him, you know, like oh, there's no telling. I'm sure they've bled him and who knows what. Yeah. 
anyway, I guess some other themes I've came across as I'm reading, I mean, especially in the first, I don't know, quarter, even to half, like, it's kind of racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of things I was like, oh, my. I mean, obviously, it was written at a different time period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I struggled with that. Specific examples because it's been a while since, like I, because I finished, you know, I finished reading it a while back. Right. Well, um, they just kept talking about the blacks and oh, in reference yeah. to Indians and just, um, well, I mean, I guess classes too. Just looking down upon, well, her referring okay. to how her her ayah and everybody else in India, and then how she's treating the servants here uh, in England and. Yeah, there's definitely, like, some class commentary going on there, like, with with the language and stuff. But I thought it was handled – now, of course, race, I don't even know how to get into that because yeah. clearly with the time, it's just, what do you do? But right. um, the author seems to have an understanding of lower classes and, like, treats them well and with some, like – I mean – those are in this story. Those are the good people like um, right. Martha and Dickens mother, whose name right. I cannot remember. Um, uh, Mrs. Sowerby. Yeah. That's all I know. I don't yeah. remember her first name. Well, and you know, everybody, even at the, uh, at the manor, they'll say, well, she's a good woman. She's a, right. she's a sensible woman. And so they trust her whenever she kind of comes in with some ideas and stuff to, and she knows about feeding a child and, and uh just she's sort of responsible for their nutrition it's uh, well i thought it was funny that they couldn't let anybody know like that they needed more food i don't right it's such a funny little kid thing which they probably would have been given more food if they asked for it right um the yorkshire talk kind of bothered me occasionally just because it's hard to like transition to different mm-hmm. accents sometimes yeah um well and i guess i should mention that i started reading this as on paper and then i had to finish on a uh audiobook because i was going so slow yeah um and when i found the audio uh an actual person um i don't even know what region of england she's from but she had an accent so mm-hmm. so she definitely had the the accent going there which helped um Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at my notes going, what did I write down? Also, we're talking about racism, classism, but I was like, also how much they were just talking about looks and how people looked and that they were sickly or, I don't know. I guess I was just struck by so much. I don't know. Maybe this is another like just weird time, how much you look good. So you might be a good person and then you had a sour face you're a bad person I don't know yeah there was it it was all about that in the beginning I mean like that's the first comment that they make to her whenever she arrives or whatever is like oh you look like a you know you're such a sour looking little thing and mm-hmm. and then that's like what's his face oh um oh can't uh Ben yes yes uh, Weatherspoon Witherspoon Weatherstaff Weatherstaff oh I knew it was one of those weird names <laughs> um <laughs> So he, that's like the, ever, what must this little child look like for everybody to, but I think it's because she's kind of got her, her face like screwed up into a scowl. Right. And maybe hasn't had very much sun or something. And, you know, is, come on, she was like running around a house with dead people in it. 
Like, uh, she was an afterthought. Yeah. Mm, poor baby. Um, I see. Gardening wise, I really liked the Daffy Daffy Down lilies. Mm. I thought that was adorable. Was so, like, are what are those daffodils? I or think so. Okay. Yes. Um, because they talked about narcissus and yeah, um, other bulbs and things like that. And um, I don't know. I guess what do you think about the garden itself? Like, how did you imagine it? And it's obviously it's hard for me to go back to how I imagined it in the book versus now that I've seen a movie, but. Yeah. You know, I think I had worked out something in my head. Um, and I had kind of forgotten what it looked like in the, in the movie. So I'm trying to remember, um, you know, I'm picturing like a stone wall, which it's so weird to me to think of like a garden that's completely enclosed with just like a, I I guess a door, you know, to get Mm in. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I just pictured it as like complete. Well, when they get there, just completely overgrown and full of, um, full of weeds and stuff, but right with little things kind of, uh, sticking up all around. But then there's a lot of talk of roses. Yes. Um, which I would just be curious to see what kind of roses would, um, deal with that yeah (laughs) deal with that climate very well um well it is a walled garden so it's gonna have a pretty good microclimate okay i would think that it's gonna be shielded from a lot of wind it's probably gonna be a little bit warmer than other areas of the garden and you know obviously Mm -hmm. just the open more but um so i think they would probably be okay um but we also find out later that you know ben weatherstaff had had jumped the jumped it and had done some tending a few times mm-hmm. over the years. So it hasn't been completely neglected. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I've, I kind of imagined it to be, I don't know. I don't know what I imagined it to be. <laughs> well, it just seems like it would be such a wilderness and I don't know if this is like really the place to talk about it at, but I was, this is me putting my English degree to work, but I was thinking about the fact that she comes, so she comes from India and how that is hot, humid, you know, like vegetation everywhere, mm-hmm. like just kind of, you've got a sense of like the heat and, and, um, the ability to grow things there. Right. And, but like, that's the place where she doesn't experience any kind of love or anything. And then she comes here and it's a very stark contrast with the vegetation on the moors, which is, I think when she first sees it, she looks out and like sees nothing. It's just barren and rocky and just a bunch of scrub and, you know, nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing really to speak of. But like, then she encounters Dickon who tells her about, you know, like explains what everything is and shows her all the things that grow around there and how it's like beauty is found in places, like unexpected places. And at the same time, like love and care and everything like is coming from a place where you least expect it. Right. Oh, it's such a good story. (laughs) I like Dickon a lot. I feel like he, I don't know. I had a crush on him. Yeah. Well, and that's what made me mad about the 87 movie. (laughs) Oh, right. I I was like, no, (laughs) that's not what's supposed to happen. (laughs) 
It's almost like little women all over again. Oh dear. (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah. So I like Dickon. I like that. He's like an animal charmer and he knows Mm -hmm. he's, he's a naturalist. You know, he knows about everything, the wildlife, his his landscape around him. And um, it'd be cool if more kids knew new things like that. <laughs> I took an interest. And what, like, how do you inspire an interest in something like that? I don't know. Start young. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, with her, I mean, even with Dickon, I mean, he's from this poor family. He's got a bunch of kids living in a cottage. So it's not like his mom can be like nurturing that. He's, she's got to tend to everybody and feed everybody. So mm-hmm. He just seems to have an innate ability to. Well, and there wouldn't be much to occupy you. You have to make your fun somewhere. Right. If you're rescuing animals and doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought something else interesting, um, because I wrote down the magic aspect of everything Mm -hmm. that went into it. And so when I was reading about the author, um, I guess at some point she kind of abandoned her church of England, Protestant ways and, mm-hmm. um, got into spiritualism, Okay, <laughs> which I think kind of was a common thing around that time period. Um, I wondered what she was reading or what she was into right. at the time. Cause it's so, like pretty, that's, I mean, there's some stuff that these kids do in the book that, that if caught by an adult, <laughs> Yeah. The wrong adults. Right. You're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Dancing around a fire and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. That's uh, especially even today. <laughs> yeah. Certain <laughs> regions. Um, so, um, yeah, I thought that was really kind of interesting. I was like, oh, that makes more sense now mm-hmm. why that was in there. And um, I don't know. Do you think kids still would a um, – would find this book interesting today or is it kind of a I think it's a hard read for the age that it seems to be aimed at like because yeah. I do think that it is like around a you know 12 year old book you know I'm like for for 12 year olds um it's just um I don't think they're conditioned to to read this sort of thing yeah. You know, like the, this, the stuff that they read has a lot more action in it. And this is very, very slow paced. And I yeah. mean, I think it's pretty slow reading, like even for an adult, but I, I mean, I love it. I think it's, I think it's good. I like all the little, um, you know, notes about the, the things that are growing and, and what they're getting into and what they're doing every day. But I just, it's just not written in a way that I think appeals to today's young adult but I, that doesn't mean that they can't read it or shouldn't I mean um I say that but I was the kind of kid who enjoyed it right I just don't think that most kids are right well I don't I don't even know what they assign in school to read anymore I don't know if they still assign classics or if they've moved on to different things because I've seen some odd picks on book lists on sometimes I'm like really yeah um, yeah, I can't really say because like my only experience in the school was like recently is like sixth to eighth graders and yeah, boy, that's they're encountering different things than I did whenever I was a kid. So they're um, not playing outside. No, <laughs> no. I guess it's also that's what I liked about this is that they all 
we're excited to go outside. Mm-hmm. They like, can we get outside? Can we go spend all day, you know, gardening and playing and being yeah. kids? You know, it made me think about like whenever I was a kid, I, you know, I was the oldest of all these cousins. And so I would often lead my, my brothers and my young cousins on these little expeditions through the woods. Yeah. And, um, like, and, you know, we would get lost on purpose and then have to find our way back to the road where, you know, my grandparents land, which is all wooded and stuff. And yeah. And that was always exciting. And I mean, we loved that and we would go out there and spend hours and hours and get sprayed by a skunk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have uh, woods, but yeah, we, you know, run around the different neighborhood and Mm -hmm. occasionally, you know, a friend would have like, and bigger than average size lot. So, um, I had one friend who did have a property that backed up into the woods or when we were bigger, we could go roam a little bit in some areas, but, you know, use your imagination and, and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if kids do that these days. They can. You just got to like inspire it, I think, or let them see that that's a possibility. And I don't know, give them wood blocks to play with instead of <laughs> a computer game or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. And um, what other notes did you have for the book? Um, well, I was thinking about Mr. Craven and how whenever he, like, when I read the book, whenever I was a kid, he just struck me as much more, like, kind of imposing and, and kind of scary. And mm-hmm. it just seemed less like that. Um, more as a kind of a damaged guy. And, like, maybe not entirely sure and, and just kind of dismissive and um I think he I mean definitely seemed like he had like some severe depression well yeah like really hung up on his wife's death which when you think about it actually hasn't been that long it's like 10 years I mean that that's not a long time especially whenever you think about the fact that she died like what was it like in childbirth well I think like yeah well I think it was in childbirth but it's and I may have be like confusing the book and the movie but i thought she something the accident happened in the garden which is why she went into labor and had colin and then she died i think that's just in the movie okay i feel like she either died in child no i don't i don't remember but i think it was childbirth anyway yeah well and they and he was like they were acting like something was wrong with him whenever he was born um Maybe he's just sickly and he was yeah, pre- they he premature. Was sickly and so they just they just expected him to die. Right. But he didn't die. So just bad coping mechanisms that had catapulted himself into becoming a a miser. Not a, yeah. not a miser. Just well, a but he's like traveling all over the place though. Like you gotta wonder what, what this guy's up to. Like is this just old money? Is this just old family money that's what do you probably, probably. okay cuz i yeah it doesn't sound like he's doing anything well i noticed also the doctor in the book is dr craven so like interesting cuz i got confused a couple times too i was like dr craven and then you know Mr. but craven. they're not like calling him like lord or anything i mean he's not no. like he doesn't have a title so eh, well who knows who knows he maybe there'll be i mean Colin Firth doesn't have a title. I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. Darcy. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. He doesn't have a title. He's just he's just he wealthy. Yeah. It's you know mm-hmm. that later, um, you know, made money by business somehow, and... right? And then bought these houses from these old people or from right. these families. Um, now, remind me, do you know exactly what year this is supposed to be taking place? Well, I tried to figure that out too. I mean, it was written. The book was written in like 1907, I think. Okay. I would guess in the later 1800s. It looks like maybe 1880, 1890. Okay. Because they talk about a train. Mm-hmm. And they're still using carriages. Yeah. So there's no cars. So, and, you know, still India in the colonial kind of yeah. sense. That was my my thoughts. So it's like exactly the same time as Anne of Green Gables. Right. Interesting. Not in the movies. Not in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> we can switch to Anne in a minute if you want. Yeah. I have a thought on that. <laughs> Uh, um yeah. yeah I like the books exactly yeah um trying to um I was just I just kind of had some like random notes here about like the different characters and like what they were all about and stuff but we pretty much hit on everything that I had down there I thought Martha's a sweetie she's so, she's yes she's just precious she put up with her man uh, yeah yeah I thought she was fun mm-hmm. um I completely oh go ahead I mean it's also like I guess this is always just things I think think about too even with Elton Abbey like that doesn't seem to get addressed it's like they get time off but so Martha is working what six days a week then she has to walk like what five miles to her house Mm -hmm. and five miles back what the same day like how does that happen I'm just trying to figure out work in my head do they get off at night they get the full day when does she have to be back at work it just seems like man that's rough (laughs) It is. Yeah. And just things I thought about in Downton Abbey too, like, well, I'm going to get the night off and go to town. And I don't, I just, you're a servant and you're getting paid, but it doesn't seem, man, labor hour, labor rules. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, we can be grateful that we've got like laws and stuff now. Right. Yeah. That was, that was rough living. Well, I was just back to the movie i'd completely forgotten that maggie smith was in it yes yes and she um she plays a good uh what's her name mrs oh, medlock, medlock yeah. right yeah. yeah she plays a good medlock but she seems like i don't know i always think maggie smith is like the same age as like forever like she's always like 75 mm-hmm. i know <laughs> i know i don't exactly how old is she now like 80 I don't know. She's got to be, but I don't know. Yeah, she's, well, you know, that's one thing about like, if you just, if you just start looking 50 and then just hold on to 50 for mm-hmm. a really long time, I think you can play that character for a yeah. long time. Yeah. <sighs> so hmm. I don't know. Good. It was it's, good. I really enjoy the book. And uh, so like, do you have any like, well, what all's growing in there? Did you make a note of like very many of the like the things that they plant in in the garden or what they discover? Well, I think my problem with that is like I kind of because I wasn't reading it, I didn't pay mm-hmm. as much of attention because I was yeah, listening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just may seem like it was a lot of more a lot of the bulbs, a lot of the roses. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Obviously, there's some like you know trees for structural purposes. Yeah. Um. 
in the in movie, the, it was a lot. It had a lot more like hedge stuff going. Right. On. I was thinking there's probably some boxwoods and um, things like that, topiaries. Um, mm-hmm. And they talk about planting seeds. I think they talk about marigolds, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I remember them. You know, she asked for seeds. Oh, um, delphiniums. They talk about and something else. There was like delphiniums. Um, there were a couple of things that I did know, but I didn't write them down as I heard them. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't really feel like it's meadowy. I feel like it's definitely got some, you know, your typical English garden look. So, yeah. Mm. I like the birds. Yes. I know. All the yeah. And he's got like his little Robin friend, the one that mm-hmm. they're, they're watching. Yeah. Hey, I have a Robin friend right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, it has, within like two days of me putting up a new container on the front porch, they began building a nest. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And so I was concerned that it might be like something less pleasant than a Robin. Right. Yeah. So I was watching. But I was like, oh, I'm just going to let it go ahead and do its thing. And then I like peeked out the window and it's a Robin. So I'm happy. Oh, cool! So I'll have eggs soon. I'm sure. Yeah, and you have little fledglings, and yeah. Uh, the only problem when they go in the containers is you get to water about worry water worry about watering. Yeah, and like I wondered if because I actually haven't seen them back in like a couple of days. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm just missing them, but um, I wondered if it was a little bit too wet for them. Maybe. May have started and been like, yeah, let's not do this. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Now what time? They're usually in their nests morning and evening, right? Yeah, because they're out hunting and foraging and stuff during the day. I've seen the birds that have used our hanging baskets, like, come and go. And and I have seen them there at lunch before. Um, So I have to watch because I have some terrible blue jays that – wreak havoc and i hate them they're noisy man i mean they're beautiful but they are so mean to the other birds yeah well blue jays and mockingbirds are oh yeah kind of mean to each other <laughs> uh um i will guess we can talk a little bit about your garden for a minute if you want oh yeah you put in sure. a bunch of tomatoes and stuff yeah so i've been doing a lot of work out there um i extended my raised bed So it's now like an L or a V, depending on how you're looking at it, Um, instead of just the one straight line there. And so it's it's basically doubled in size. And um, I'm planting tomatoes. I already put one tomato out in the ground, just because I'm I'm silly. I put one in there and it happened to be on like the windiest day. I think we had gusts up to like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> and that poor tomato, most of the leaves have been beaten. Oh, man. It. But it's still standing. It's got a few new little <laughs> leaves that it's trying to grow. It may be the strongest one out of the whole bunch. Who knows? So yeah. we'll see. Um, but I've planted black crim, Cherokee purple, um, golden nugget, mortgage lifter, and romas. So, um, just had an assortment there. Um, and I got the seeds from my local nursery and they're all like non-GMO. They're, they're like good quality seeds seems like. So, yeah. 
Um, and I've planted some zucchini and some yellow squash. Um, I've got quite a bit of lettuce going right now. I've got Good. like some leafy lettuce and some arugula and some spring onions. And I actually planted some dandelions in my garden for hey. the purpose of, you know, dandelion greens. So, right. Let me know um, how that goes. I'm still like, here at the office, there was a ton of dandelions and I kept like thinking, I'm not going to, I'm going to pick the flowers. I'm going to use them. And I can never bring myself to do it because I would just, I don't know, crazy. Well, and you know, I'm like doing it where I am because I'm leery of like my dog pooping. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to pick up some crazy disease by picking dandelions out of my right. yard. So I'm kind of a parasite. Yeah. Um, and then the front yard's off limits too, because people walk their dogs, so I can't do it. Right. Um, yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. Um, what else? Uh, I've kind of cleared out some beds and I created some new flower beds. Um, I've got a lot of like butterfly and, uh, hummingbird kind of mixes going on to see, to see what happens there. Just Mm -hmm. wildflowers. I've just put them out verified that there were all things that I wanted yeah. growing in my yard before I did it. I moved my moon garden. Okay. Um, because there were some workers who seemed to think that they could just stomp all over everything right there. Yeah. And that was very upsetting to me. So I, I've moved everything and I'm just like giving up on that, that, that side of my 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 house because okay. if they're going to be messing things up can't deal with it um so I've moved it into the backyard and right now it's like I've got like a, a like a round like a circle bed and I'm I may do some like design thing with like a round one in the middle and some crescents on either side I haven't Ooh. decided what I'm going to do yet just okay. working with my moon theme there okay. um to think oh oh there was one thing I want to bring up to you I think I'm going to try it well I've actually kind of got something started um Hugel culture oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we kind of did we did a sunken one for our uh-huh. vegetable beds because we didn't really want to have a piled Hugel culture but it may work good for you yeah I'm going to try it I'm going to okay. try it Cool. Um, I've got some with like mostly just like small branches and like leaves and stuff, mm-hmm. um, right beside my patio. Okay. And I kind of thought it would be a good place to put, I'm going to try some of the tomatoes in it. So, yeah. okay. Hopefully. And, um, then I think I'm going to do something bigger out in the yard because I've got a knocked over tree that anyway, they didn't take care of some workers yeah. cut it down and left it there. So, um, I'm going to do something with that. I have to make sure that it's an okay tree to be doing it with. Cause I've read that there are some you don't want to use. Yeah. So. It's like walnut because see the, yeah, there's like yeah. fungus or disease or whatever. And then yeah. you got like, I guess pines and cedars are, um, they're like antifungal and stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't promote the kind of anyway. Mycorrhizal. Yeah. yeah. Science stuff. Yes. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, and if it's an oak, it should be good. I think it is an oak, so I think I think I'm all right. Yeah. So, I'll let cool. you know. Sounds exciting. So yeah. Okay, did you say something about Anne? Yeah, we can talk real quick about that too. Um yeah, so I, I've seen the snippets occasional like I guess they've had a couple teaser trailers, but then they put the real t- trailer out for the Netflix Anne. Yeah. Um have you seen it? The real trailer looks better to me than the teasers did. Yes, that's what I thought. And yeah. I'm still, I'm not 
spot on the actress playing Anne. I yeah. saw Marilla. Marilla looks okay. Yeah. Um, some of this, the cut scenes, like the, it definitely feels better than the PBS one I saw oh. the trailer of. And I was like, but it still feels too cheerful. I mean, or it, like, or it like feels like it's goofy. not for the MTV generation. Right. Like if I, I don't know, I guess we'll wait and see But like, I like just want Anne to have like a Downton Abbey treatment or something. Right. Well, like, what I don't like is, well, they put this goofy hat on her. And I'm like, no, uh, no. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm and, sorry. I'm a diehard old school. So. I know. Me too. And like, even like, you know, and there's an issue with that too, because like, I'm super into those, but then like, they are so not true to the books. Like, well, obviously. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and why can't somebody just like, do it right yeah i don't know so i wonder if they're going to continue this or if this is just a one-time thing it's probably going to see well yeah that was another thing i thought i was like okay are they going to go buy the books and we have you know all the way up through rilla and book eight and you know maybe they no one's ever done that no i would love i would love to see post anna the island oh dang man I want to work on that. Like, <laughs> yes. And I want to see a real, like, didn't they do an Emily, a new moon though? Yeah. I've never seen it. I've never I, seen I, it either. Wasn't it a series? I, I feel like it was, was. I'm sure yeah. it was like a CBC thing or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. that I just, you know, cause I'm not kidding. I didn't get to see it. Right. Um, maybe I can track it down and see how I, how I like it. I think they used to air it on either stars or encore. I think I remember seeing it. Oh, you're right. Now that yeah. I think you say that. Or am I, I don't confusing know. it with that one with about a pony? There's one about a pony. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Google that when we get done. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to watch the first episode. If it is hokey in any way, it is getting turned <laughs> off. I'm not going to watch like slapstick and. Uh, well, my brother gave me the PBS one for Christmas. Thank you, Ryan. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I'm nervous. Oh, he was being nice. He was. I know. I know. I was like, that is something. Like, he remembers something that I love, which right. is that's sweet. <laughs> no PBS. Uh. Uh. <laughs> you know what? Even Anne 3 was better than the PBS one. So, hey. Oh, oh, Misty. <laughs> I like Anne 3 in its own way, okay? So oh, I know. And Jonathan Crombie, I can't even think about it. I know. When we can't, yeah, that's why we can't ever have a real <sighs> remake now. Because that, that era is over. Done. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on and talking. And we need to chat fun. once again. Outlander's going to start soon, so that'll be good. Soon, as in September. Months oh, away. Yeah, but... It'll I've got right. to read the Scottish Prisoner so I can prepare. Oh, I've never read that. I haven't either. Can I read that and then we can talk about it? I think so because I think I've okay. s- I'm, I keep seeing people talking about reading it. So I have a feeling they're going to put some stuff, background information in there in the, in the cool. show. And I need to get into it. So, all right. Well, I'm going to go and you have a great day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.